Good morning, everybody. All right. That was a good good morning. Thank you for that. It's fantastic. Yeah. Praise God. All right. That's good. It's good to to be together, to share God's word with you. I want to just welcome all of you who are in our campuses today in in Waterbury, New Milford, and in Derby. And of course, all of you who are online today, uh, greetings to you as well. My name is Brian, and uh, I'm one of the lead pastors here at Walnut Hill. We've been in a sermon series called What a Name, and we've been in the Gospel of Matthew. And uh, I want to encourage you, if you have your Bibles with you or an app of some sort, to get the word in front of you. We're in Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 6 today, and also John chapter 10. Those are going to be the two verses where, um, passages where I'm going to spend my time today. We've been looking at the different names of Jesus in the Christmas story from Matthew's account. And so we've talked about how Jesus is the Messiah. We've talked about how Jesus is Savior. Last week we talked about how Jesus is called Emmanuel. God is with us. Today I want to talk to you about how Jesus is called our shepherd. Our shepherd. Our good shepherd. Our shepherd king. And um, you know I've been preparing for this message for four years. I've been putting in my time. Okay. Four years for this moment. You know, a lot of times when actors are hired for a movie, they, they get into that character, right? And they, they do drastic things in order to learn all about that character. I'm here before you today to say I've done that. I've done that for you. For the last four years, I've learned what it takes to be a shepherd. If you didn't know, I have a little farm. I want to introduce you to Skittles. This is Skittles coming up right now, okay? It looks like a sheep, but it's actually a goat, okay? But uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm Skittles Shepherd. We have other goats. Uh, we have this goat. His, his name is, is Tom Brady, the goat. Come on. Even, even if you don't like him, even if you don't like him, that's a creative name. He's got the New England Patriots hat on there with Becca. And just if you were wondering if I help out in any way, we also have uh, a horse that we rescued. Her name is Sweetheart, so there's me feeding the horse. And, um, and then we have, we have a couple donkeys. This is one of them with McKenna smiling for the camera. Yeah. And to protect all of these animals that we have, I think we have 18 or something on the farm. We have a dog. Now, when I say we have a dog, we have a dog. Like, I can't carry this thing in a purse, okay? This, this is a dog, all right? This is a dog. This dog's never been to the diner before, okay? This is, a, this is a dog. You've heard me talk about this before. I know some of you got offended. I shouldn't be talking about it right now. But just to give you perspective, that is a picnic table that he's lying next to. He's 140 pounds. His name is Bear. Yes, and his job is to protect all the animals. He's never been in my house. I'm serious, he's never been in my house. He lives outside. And so that's a little bit of the farm, and he's a sheepdog. And so, you know, I, I'm not a professional shepherd or anything like that, but I just, I just wanted to lend some credibility to this message this morning. Are you feeling like you're about to get a credible, resourced, researched message right now? Do you feel that way? Would it have been better if I came in my shepherd's outfit, you know, 
Okay, so you can just imagine that. I want to talk today about how Jesus is our good shepherd. Um, Let's turn to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 2. It was read in all of our services, but I I want to walk through this with you. We're going to start here, and then we're going to go to John, chapter 10. And I want to share some lessons about who our good shepherd is. This is really good news today, that we have a shepherd Really, really good news. And and my prayer today is that uh, we would leave this message feeling encouraged uh, and and endearing ourselves to our good shepherd. Um, This is what the scriptures say. And I'm going to pause along the way and just pull some things out. In chapter 2, verse 1, it starts by saying, Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Let's stop right there, in Bethlehem. Now, the town of Bethlehem was a smaller village. Um, if you were trying to get as many followers as possible, you wouldn't start in Bethlehem. You'd probably start in Jerusalem or a bigger city. So right from the get-go, what God is doing is he's, he's proclaiming something different about who he is. Uh, you think that this, this Jesus is going to sit on these earthly thrones in these big high places. Well, actually, in his very birth, being born in Bethlehem, he's making a statement. I'm a different kind of king. I'm maybe even a different kind of God than you thought. I'm coming in humility. I'm coming in sacrifice. I'm coming to serve. It says, goes on, in Judea, during the reign of King Herod, about that time some wise men, we'll find out how wise they are in a second, from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem. Now later we're going to find out that they saw a bright star in the sky. And they decided to go to Jerusalem, even though Jesus was born in Bethlehem. We're going to learn in just a moment that it was prophesied that the Messiah was born in Bethlehem. So these wise men have a a prophetic word about where Jesus was going to be born specifically. I love the, the, the things Jesus fulfills through prophecy. Things that he really didn't have any control of unless he was God. A prophet says this Messiah is going to be born in Bethlehem. Well, a man can't... Did any of you decide where you were going to be born? No. God does that for us, right? And so here, Jesus, he's born in Bethlehem. So a prophetic word, he's going to be born in Bethlehem. A star in the sky over Bethlehem. Yet these wise men go to Jerusalem. <laughs> I think we do this often in our life, actually. Yeah, 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 God, I, I know, I know you're, maybe you're, you're tugging me in this direction, but that can't be. I'm going this way. This is where I'm going to have more influence. This is where I'm going to have more impact. If I say, Lord, I know you want me to say it this way. I know you do, but I'm going to say it this way because I think it's just going to expedite the process. Big star, it's nice, but I know where to go. Jerusalem. So they go to Jerusalem asking, where's the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose over there, and we have come to worship him. Now that's the right posture, right? Praise God. King Herod was deeply disturbed. You know, when I think of the Christmas story, I think of Herod being deeply disturbed. Maybe you do too. In all those Christmas pageant, he looks deeply disturbed, doesn't it? He seems very deeply disturbed. What I, what I caught the attention of my heart, my mind, as I was looking at this though, was he was not the only one who was deeply disturbed in this story. It says, when he heard this, and as was everyone in Jerusalem. Did you ever pick up on that? 
that, that Herod wasn't the only one who was deeply disturbed. I think a lot of times we focus on the story that, wow, King Herod was deeply disturbed because people were talking about this Messiah and the spotlight was off of him as their ruler. So he's deeply disturbed about this. What's going to happen to my kingdom? He maybe felt threatened. But actually, he wasn't the only one who was deeply disturbed. Everyone in Jerusalem was deeply disturbed too. Why? Because again, the mold is being shattered. Even though they have this prophetic word, even though they have this star, if you're a citizen of Jerusalem, you're thinking to yourself, the Messiah is going to come here. This is the epicenter of, of religion and of leadership. If, if, if God's going to come, he's going to come here. And now all of a sudden these wise men come in and they say, hey, where is he born? And then the prophetic voice is saying, oh, don't you remember? He's, he's going to be born in Bethlehem. You think you're so special, you're not as special as you think. <laughs> That deeply disturbed them. How can this be? It wasn't falling in line with the way they saw it. Have you ever um, gone through something in life where, where you had it pictured one way and then it was drastically different? Did it, it maybe even disrupted your soul and your spirit? This is what they're feeling in this moment. Everything was being disrupted. And so they asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem, in Judea, they said. For this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah. I love this. It's like the prophetic voices are saying, listen, Bethlehem, we know what you even think about yourself, but, but don't worry. No, you're, you're not the least among the ruling cities. For a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people, Israel. Now, I'm going to talk a lot about Jesus as shepherd, but before that, I wanted to point something out here. It says, be the shepherd for my people, Israel. Now, remember that Israel, the nation of Israel, was God's chosen people, but the intent all along was that it would spread out, <laughs> that, that this group of people would grow and grow and grow, and, and, and the Lord would reach more and more people for him through the nation of Israel. And so this prophetic word is really about all people, but God using Israel. The other thing that caught my attention as I was studying this was that, you know, the name Israel means struggles with God or wrestles with God. Um, you might remember how Jacob wrestled, right? Wrestled. This means the people wrestling with God. You know, I think that is humanity today, actually. We, we wrestle with God. We, we struggle. And, and here's what I love about this. It's saying, listen, who... How is God going to come to earth for this wrestling, struggling people? He's going to come as a shepherd. I just found that amazing. It doesn't say a mighty warrior is going to come and, and put this wrestling, struggling nation in order. No, the Lord says, I'm going to send a shepherd. I'm going to come as your shepherd, your good shepherd. I wonder as people heard this and were reminded of this, if they thought to themselves, why are you sending your, why are you coming as a shepherd? Why not a great warrior? Why not a dictator or a confrontational strong person? A shepherd? Why a shepherd? I remember years ago, a friend of mine, you know, had me take one of these tests where you find out what your spirit animal is. Um, and I was excited about this. Because I was hoping and thinking that I'd be a lion or a bear, right? Well, I did the test, and it came out that I'm a meerkat. 
I took it several times. And I think each time I was a meerkat. And I was disappointed in this result. A meerkat? I don't want to be a meerkat. I didn't know what a meerkat, what's a meerkat? I found out what a meerkat is. Did you know? <laughs> Probably not. Unless there's a meerkat expert in here, fantastic. Did you know that meerkats are immune to venom? Unlike most other animals and, and people for that matter. Do you know that they travel in families of 20 and as they go out and hunt, 19 hunt and one stands guard? Did you know that when danger approaches, the meerkat has six separate calls that speak to the urgency and danger of the situation? So depending on which call is used, the group will respond accordingly. So the meerkat is a good communicator. <laughs> just, I'm just talking about meerkats right now. They dig elaborate tunnel systems through the grasslands and deserts. It turns out, as I did more and more study on the meerkat, they are extraordinary animals. <laughs> I think when it comes to shepherd, maybe the folks who heard this were thinking, no, that can't be the right name. That can't be the right way in which God would come to us. But I, I wanna help us understand this name shepherd because I think after we do, we'll say, wow, that's an extraordinary way that God has come to us as shepherd. He is our shepherd. Now, it's one thing to be called the shepherd. It's another thing to call yourself shepherd, which Jesus does. I want to draw your attention to John chapter 10. And this is in the whole part of John's gospel where Jesus is giving these great I am statements. He's declaring who he is and so not only was he prophesied about to be shepherd, he himself says, I am the good shepherd. And then it's another thing to actually live out that name, and Jesus does that as well. Let's take a look at John chapter 10, verses 11 through 16. Let me read it for you, and then I want to pull out some lessons about who Jesus is as our good shepherd. Starting in verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand, so now what Jesus is doing here is he's making, a, he's making a contrasting statement here. So a good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. Now here on the opposite end, a hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him. That hired hand won't care as much about the sheep because he doesn't own the sheep. They're not his or hers. And he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. Now listen again in verse 14. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. Just as my father knows me and I know the father. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have other sheep too that are not in the sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice, and there will be one flock with one shepherd. Praise God. He gives himself the name Good Shepherd. What do we learn about our Good Shepherd from this passage? Several things. First thing is this. This Christmas season, I want you to know that you have a Good Shepherd who cares for you. He cares for us. He really cares for us. Our Jesus, as good shepherd, he, he loves us. He loves you. A couple of things that, that jumped out to me from John 10 was, that, 10 was this. The first is that the good shepherd stays for the fight. I like that. 
remember he contrasts it to the, to the hired hand. Somebody who's just hired to watch the sheep. When a wolf comes, they flee. But a good shepherd who, who owns that flock, who loves that flock, who cares for that flock, stays for the fights. Is not fearful of the wolf, not fearful of the attacks. And I want to tell you this, I don't know what your situation in life is right now. I don't know what the circumstances of your life right now, but maybe you are in a battle. Maybe you're in a battle with your health. Maybe you're in a battle with with those who are, are saying things about you, your reputation. Maybe you're in a battle just praying for your kids right now, just longing for them to return the Lord to the Lord. I want to tell you that you have a shepherd that doesn't run away from the battle. You have a shepherd that stays and fights for you. Praise God. This is who the shepherd is. He's not this weak, mild, timid shepherd. No, he's ready for the wolf to come in. And he's ready to stand with you in the fight. Some of you needed to hear that today. That whatever you're going through, you have a shepherd who stands with you. He's not a hired hand. I love, too, how we learn from this is that he cares for us in a way by protecting us from scattering This is Jesus' heart as our good shepherd. For a hired hand, when the hired hand runs away, what happens to the rest of the sheep is they scatter. But what Jesus does as our good shepherd is he stays in the fight with us. He walks and he leads us. And he is the one who unifies us. Our good shepherd brings unity. In fact, in John 17, this is what Jesus prayed for. He prayed to his father before his death, Lord, let them be one as you and I are one. This is his desire, that we would have a oneness, the same kind of oneness that he experiences with his heavenly father. This is his heart. And this is what our good shepherd does. You know, even when we disagree about things, you know what we have? Jesus Christ. (laughs) We have Jesus together. He's He's the center of our world. And so we're always able, as brothers and sisters in the Lord, to return and to worship and to serve and to listen to Jesus. He keeps us from scattering. I would encourage you, if you're feeling a scattering between the brothers and sisters in the Lord, to always come back to Jesus. He's the one who unifies us. He cares for us. I also love how in his care, he watches over us. A good shepherd, I'm speaking from from experience now here, (laughs) tends to his flock's needs. A good shepherd waters the flock, provides food, bandages the wounds, picks out the burrs from their fur, walks with them through difficult terrain. And this is what our Jesus does for us too. He watches over us. He provides for our needs. This is part of the reason we give. It's us saying we trust you as our shepherd. We're worshiping you by giving, Lord, because we trust that you're going to provide. You're going to provide for us in our financial needs. You're going to provide in our spiritual needs. You're going to provide for us, Lord. We, We trust you. I love how our shepherd also picks the burrs out of our fur. Those offenses that come, those things that people say that hurt us. We can always go to our good shepherd and he removes those things. Even the burrs that we place on ourselves. (laughs) 
Even the wounds that we afflict upon ourselves. When we come to the Lord and we say, Lord, man, I confess, I got myself in a mess here. I need your help. Our good shepherd cares for us. I want to ask you, is there anybody better equipped to care for you than Jesus? No one. I love that song that's out now. It's called, No One Ever Cared For Me Like Jesus. It's by Stephanie Gretzinger. And it says, if my heart could tell a story, if my life would sing a song, if I have a testimony, if I have anything at all, no one ever cared for me like Jesus. His faithful hand has held me all this way. And when I'm old and gray and all my days are numbered on the earth, let it be known in you alone my joy was found. There's no one better who can care for you than Jesus. He cares for you. But he also, he guides us. Not only does he care for us, but he guides us. He guides us in our everyday. I love that our good shepherd is alive. <laughs> that that we, we talked about God is with us last week. He is alive. He is with us. He is walking with us. He wants to guide you and direct your paths. This is who he is by the power of his spirit. As we listen to him, as we pray, as we have conversation with the Lord, as we open his word, he guides us. He's a good shepherd. Let me tell you a quick story about this. Becca right now is in Minnesota. Hi, babe. And she's with her family. Her brother was just recently diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer. And uh, we're praying for a miracle. Would you join me? Lord, we pray for Carrie. We pray for a miracle. Yeah. She's there right now. And... Um, Excuse me, the Lord told her, um, I want you to go and, and sing Great Is Thy Faithfulness over your brother. Sounds good, right, to have Becca come in and sing Great Is Thy Faithfulness. That's what she does for me every day, every day. She just comes in and sings Great Is Thy Faithfulness. It's really wonderful. That's, just, that's the picture of our house that you need to see right there. You know what's amazing is that one of our pastoral staff sent Becca a text right before she was going to go to see her brother and said, hey, this was on my heart, Great Is Thy Faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. God's going to be faithful. Man, how, how amazing is it when you have people that are tuned into the Lord, how he can direct and guide us. That when we just tune our hearts to him, how he does these amazing things. There, there were a million things that this pastor could have texted, but somehow God placed it on our heart to text this. And just gave Becca just the confidence and the affirmation to go and sing this song. Our shepherd is so good. He's so good. And when you lean into him and when you ask and when you pray and when you take that time to really discern his voice, he speaks to us. I want you to believe it. He speaks to us. He guides us. He wants to walk with us. And I love too that our good shepherd, he knows us. It says in this passage, I know my sheep. Praise God. He didn't hire somebody else to take care of us. He takes care of us all on his own. He knows his sheep. Some of you might be thinking this, wow, God, God knows me? Maybe that brings up different emotions, right? Some of you might be saying, I feel a little bit nervous about that right now. God, he, he knows me, he intricately knows me. Some of you might feel relief. Praise God that there's, there's a God who, who knows me, who knows my situation, who knows my hurts, who, who knows the challenges that I'm facing. Maybe you feel a great burden being released from the fact that the Almighty God knows. And maybe some of you feel unsure. Maybe you're not so confident. 
well, what's this God going to do? How's he going to react to who I've become? But our shepherd, he knows us. One of my favorite stories, I've got a lot of them, but one of my favorites is in Luke chapter 19. This is where Jesus is walking through a particular town and there's this tax collector. Tax collectors weren't very popular in society because they would take people's money and they would often uh, upcharge people and they would cheat people out of their, their finances. And so this man, his name was Zacchaeus. We know that he was a shorter man of stature and so he climbed a tree in order to catch a glimpse of Jesus. And I love this story because this is what Jesus does. He comes and he stops at the base of the tree and he looks up and he doesn't just see a man in a tree. He doesn't just see a tax collector. He doesn't just see a man who's cheated people out of money. He sees Zacchaeus. And he says it. Zacchaeus, come down from there. I want to have a meal in your home today. I love that our Jesus knows our names. He, know, he knows who we are. I love when Jesus walks into that home and says, hey, Martha, Martha, you're missing it here. I love how when Jesus, after his resurrection and ascension, I love how he encounters Saul on the road and he says, Saul, Saul just in case you thought I was speaking to somebody else, Saul, why are you persecuting me? This is our good shepherd. He knows your name. He knows you. He loves you. This is what this tells us. It tells us this is that you matter to God. Do you know that? You matter to the Lord. To God, you matter. Our shepherd knows us. He knows us. And, and you know, I think part of what's built into us as humans is that we, we need to be known. And we also need to know that we matter, that we have a purpose on this earth, on this planet. All of us are seeking for that. We're seeking for, for, for this, this feeling of being known and, and what our purpose is in the world. Now, the problem with that is so often we turn to the wrong things. We turn to things that, that are temporary. We turn to things that are untrustworthy. We often look to, to the things that the world promotes to, to gain validation for our own lives. And so we look to appearance. How am I, how am I looking? Am I looking the way the culture is, is looking? Am I looking like so-and-so movie star? Am I looking for all these things? This becomes important in our life. We're seeking validation and being known through these things. We look for accomplishments, promotions, awards, successes. This is why we're always one-upping people. Oh yeah, your kid was potty trained at two? My kid was potty trained at three months. Right? We're always looking to one-up everybody because we're trying to look for validation and acceptance. We look to friends, friends and likes and fortune. Now the difficulty with all this is all these sources are untrustworthy. They don't really tell us who we are as people. Rick Warren says this, Studies show that you tend to base your self-esteem on what you think the most important person in your life thinks about you. Isn't that interesting? So then he goes on and he says, so I re recommend you make Jesus Christ the most important person in your life because he will always tell you the truth. I wonder, who are you turning to for validation? Who are you turning to for, for worth? Who are you turning to to understand your identity? I want to challenge you, commend you to turn to Jesus. He'll express your great worth. You matter so much to him. 
He'll share with you who, who you are in him. Turn to him. The good shepherd knows his sheep. But then the other thing we learn is this, is that we can know him. We can know him. He says the good shepherd, he, he knows his sheep and, and they know him. Do you know that every shepherd has a four to six second melody that they sing? And when they sing this or they whistle it, the sheep recognize it. You can even see videos out there of when shepherds come together with their flocks and they, they mingle. And you, you'll look at those sheep and say, how are they going to separate them now? How are they ever going to know which one belongs to which shepherd? It's actually very easy. The shepherd just walks away, gives his four to six second melody, sung or is whistled, and his sheep come away and they begin to separate and they just go with their, their particular shepherd. Why? Because the sheep know their shepherd's call. I love this. This is wonderful truth for us that we can know God because we know Jesus Christ. In Philippians 3, Paul says this. This is the Amplified Bible. I like this, this version of this passage. Paul says, For my determined purpose is that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, Jesus, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly. I love that Paul, he says, my determined purpose, <laughs> my purpose here on this planet is to progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with Jesus. This is my, 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 my heart's call because he's made himself known to me and that, that I can know him. This is what I'm going to seek day in and day out is to know Jesus more. And I wonder, and I asked you this last week, and I want to ask it again, how do you plan to seek out Jesus this Christmas? He wants you to seek him. And when you seek him, we're taught that we will find him. He's Emmanuel. You don't get to know God by accident. It's this determined purpose. It's something you do, something that, that you, you plan so that you can actually seek him and find him. Last thing I'll say is this. I love this truth about our good shepherd is that he seeks after us. Praise God. In Matthew 18, it says, if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, what will he do? Now, in our, in our human standpoint, we might say, hey, take the 99, cut your losses. But not our God. Won't he leave the 99 others on the hills and go out to search for the one that is lost? And that's, that is our good shepherd. You all have a testimony. You all have a testimony that our God, the good shepherd, sought you out. He found you in your pride. He found you in your selfishness. He found you in your failures. He found you, some of you, far, far from him. He sought you out. He left the 99 to come and find you. That's all of our stories. That's all of our stories. That in my sin, Christ Jesus came. He sought you out. <laughs> This good shepherd, even though you turned your head on him, even though maybe you didn't want anything to do with him, even though you were going your own way, wandering, he sought you out. This is our good shepherd. Praise God that we have a good shepherd. 
Now let me say this. Not only is Jesus our shepherd, he's our lamb. And this tells you about the sacrifice our Jesus made. That he came as shepherd, but he went to the cross as a lamb. Isaiah 53 says, all of us like sheep have strayed away. We're all in the same boat. We've all strayed away. Our sin has blocked us. We have left God's paths to follow our own. And I love this is a great word. Yet, even though all of that, doesn't matter, even though all that, the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. Praise God that we have a good shepherd. My final question for you before we approach Christmas is this. You have a good shepherd. Will you follow him? You have a good shepherd. Will you follow him? He's given you the presence of his spirit. He's given you his, his holy word. He's taught us through this. He's teaching us through the power of his spirit. He convicts. He calls. We have a good shepherd. Will you follow him? I pray that you will, and I believe that as you do, he will lead you into the greatest adventures you could ever imagine. I pray all this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Let's pause and pray together. Oh Lord, we thank you that you are our good shepherd. We thank you that you lead us. I think of that Psalm 23. How our shepherd leads us. Lord, some of us need some leading right now. Some of us need some guidance and direction, some wisdom out of a trial. I pray that you would come and be our good shepherd, that you'd speak. And right now, friends, if that's you, just share it with the Lord. How do you need him to lead you? Lord, some of my friends need the good shepherd, need you to come and care for them. That's you, just speak it out in your heart to the Lord. How, how do you need the Lord to care for you right now? To provide for you, to heal you, to remove those burrs, those offenses that you're carrying on to. Oh Lord, we need you as the good shepherd to keep us together, to protect our unity. Oh Lord, we, we just declare right now that we're going to follow you. We're going to follow you as you call us. We're going to follow you as you speak to us through your word and through your spirit. We pray, Lord, that, that as we do that, that your kingdom would come, your kingdom. Lord, if our eyes are, are on the Jerusalem when a star is rising over Bethlehem, Lord, I pray that you would just adjust our eyesight, that we would focus on the things that we need to focus on, that, that we would be drawn to, to where you're working and moving. So, Lord, come. Come and be our shepherd. We pray all this in the powerful name of Jesus.